This is Tate Talks on iHub Radio, a fresh perspective on how to live your best life. Combining biological sciences, mind-body medicine, nutrition, and exercise. This is the place to get the big picture on health and wellness. Live from the iHub Radio studios in Palm Springs, California, here's functional medicine certified health coach and award-winning wellness expert, Jason Tate. Jason Tate here. You are listening to me here on Tate Talks out of Palm Springs, California. Thank you so much for being here and for taking time out of your day to listen to my show. I'm extremely grateful. Uh, And that's what we're going to talk about a little later in the show today. I'm going to talk about gratitude and how gratitude just fills our heart with so much joy. So here's what I've got a great show lined up for you. Um, I just want to talk about the purpose of this show. If I have any new people out there, any new listeners, uh, my name is Jason Tate. I am a wellness expert, uh, functional medicine certified health coach. I teach biomed, pre-med uh, to high school students. I also do some lectures and teaching uh, among the doctors uh, in the community as well. Uh, doctors that are in family medicine, uh, residency programs. I share Uh, A lot of the information that I share here with you on the show uh, to doctors and to young people. And I do lectures and speaking engagements across the country. So Tate Talks is here. I I really build my show around three pillars of wellness, movement, nutrition, and mindfulness. And so that's what I'm bringing to you here. In this hour on Tate Talks, I have a refresher on how to set SMART goals and how to motivate yourself to get daily exercise, as well as ways that you can reduce oxidative stress inside the body. This oxidative stress leads to disease and sometimes even cancer. I'll also discuss how to harmonize your gut microbiome and share this week's recipe on Here's to Your Health. That's all coming up in this hour of Tate Talks. It is a very special day, and I know I'm... um, kind of going against the rules here, but I I have to say something about today. Today is Mother's Day, and I'm going to share a quote with you because there there have been two um, remarkable women in my life that have changed and altered the course of my life in many ways. Uh, And one of, well, both of them, I have to thank for the reason for being here today. It's so important to me to be able to recognize that and share that. So this is a quote actually from Abraham Lincoln, one of the nation's presidents. He said, all that I am or hope to be, I owe to my mother. And I feel when I heard this the first time, uh, it was shared by one of my favorite motivational speakers, Les Brown, and it just struck a chord with me. And, and I always give credit to my mother Um, I want to do a shout out. I want to make this whole show actually dedicated to mothers, mothers of humans, but also mothers of all species. This is the biologist in me as well. Uh, We really owe our lives in many ways to the mothers of all the species on earth because it's the mothers that care for us and take care of us. And in the course, um, in the case of Humans, which are placental mammals, meaning we develop in a placenta inside of the womb of a, of a mother, there's so much that goes on during a pregnancy um, that the, the mother is bearing the burden of this. And so 
And there are also other types of mothers. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my stepmom, Kay, uh, who has been in my life since I was about, uh, I think it was like three or four years old, um, maybe five. <laughs> and yeah, uh, she is extremely organized. She definitely knows how to throw a family get together. Uh, at the house, and we have huge get-togethers, and um, we get there for the holidays, and it's just such a an amazing and comfortable environment to bring my daughter to um, and gather with all of her cousins and all the grandkids. And so, uh, yeah, my stepmom Kay, she is a great um, grandmother to the grandkids, and and just a great host. Um, I also want to give a shout out to. My mother's in-law, I have two, I'm very lucky to have two. Uh, my mother-in-law, Suzanne, uh, is uh, another amazing host, and I'm sorry, hostess, and uh, they're up in the Bay Area in California, and then also my mother-in-law, Eileen, uh, who I'm very close to as well, and, and I know she's listening to the show, she's probably, her and uh, her husband, um, David, are my number one fans, I think. <laughs> so big shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for listening to my show every week. And I just want to let you know that I'm so grateful to be your son-in-law. Um, and so, yeah, but last but not least, I, I do want to spend some time and talk about my mother and how inspiration can come from so many different sources. Uh, we, we have these lives that are so turbulent and we struggle and we face challenges and we meet successes and we we rise above and then we fall down again. And it's just this constant battle, this constant battle with our health. It's this constant battle with our physical, our mental health, uh, our career health, our social health. There's so many aspects of our health that we can consider. And I am still learning lessons from my mother, even though she passed away five years ago. Uh, and her passing also was a turning point in my life as well. Um, when she passed away, it happened right at the very beginning of a school year. She had a stroke, um, and this was due to her having smoked cigarettes for most of her life. And her dietary choices were not so great uh, for the last 10 years of her life either. And my brother and I, did our best to try and get her to change her diet and take care of herself. Many of the things that I teach, uh, I was already teaching at the time, nutrition. I hadn't started teaching um, pre-med yet, and I wasn't a health coach yet. Uh, but I was doing what I could. And unfortunately, um, her addiction to foods and her addiction to um, salty, fatty, high-sugar foods and her addiction to cigarettes – uh, ended up taking her life. And, you know, it was it was traumatic to lose my mom during the holidays, uh, the day before my birthday in November. And it was such a traumatic experience that I was almost forced to learn from it. You know, I, I reflected on myself and my life thinking about, wow, what am I doing teaching nutrition? And I can't even take care of my own mom. Um, and, it, and for several months, I just grappled with that and I really battled and I needed to, to reach out and do something new and something different. And I was so grateful to have the opportunity at the high school I was teaching at to build a health academy. And um, I said 
so the principal asked me at the time if I would fix and you know repair and build a health academy. I said yes, I will, as long as I can build it from the ground up and teach future doctors um, about the power of nutrition. And that's kind of where I started was this you know teaching about nutrition and where it could come from. And so. Um, it started there and I formed the Hands Academy, Health and Nutritional Sciences, H-A-N-S. And uh, I created a logo for it, which looks like these two hands, you know, these healing hands reaching out, caressing or holding a heart. And in that heart is this EKG, little heartbeat. And at the top of this red heart is this uh, brown stem and a green leaf. So it looks like a heart-shaped apple, just to kind of signify, um, you know, caressing and holding on to our nutrition as well as the health of our heart and the health of our minds. And so thus began my journey about five years ago, forming the Hands Academy. And it really changed my life because I started going out and meeting with doctors throughout the Coachella Valley, uh, befriending them, going to as many lectures as I could. It's what got me introduced to functional medicine. I went to my first Institute for Functional Medicine um, international conference in San Diego four years ago. And it was there that I discovered uh, the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy, where I became a student of the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy. I met the founder, Jim Gordon, of the Centers for Mind-Body Medicine. And I attended several of those conferences and learned very deeply about mind-body medicine uh, healing through meditation, mindfulness. And then, of course, I became a functional medicine certified health coach. And I now I've taught hundreds and hundreds of young students who wish to become doctors about the power of nutrition, the power of mindfulness, and the power of yoga, uh, breathing and meditation. It really it set my life on the course. And I wouldn't be here today on this show with Tate Talks if it weren't for my mother. Um, and unfortunately, losing my mother was one of the worst things, but I made the best of that. And and she's alive. She lives through me um, and her inspiration and her guidance. And so, so yeah, that's a little mother story on Mother's Day. Uh, I'll share a couple more because I've got a few minutes. Um, I, I, I want to mention, and my brother, uh, when he listens to we when we would go camping in the summers because we didn't we didn't have a lot growing up but we did we were able to go camping sometimes um and we just had so much fun being out in nature and there was this um campground where we would go to and we would jump uh on in the dirt and we called it gnarly hill so brother if you're listening you remember gnarly hill we had a zoo at our house too my mom was kind of the the mom in the neighborhood who Everyone would want to come to the house. We built a huge fort uh, in our backyard. Uh, we And we just had all kinds of animals. My mom would just, you know, she loved animals herself. Um, so we always had, you know, three or five or six cats. We always had a dog. But we had turtles and fish and snakes. We had a rabbit. We had a pet duck for a long time. Uh, we had tropical birds with cockatiels and parrots and iguana. Um <laughs> It was like Dr. Doolittle at my house. It was wild. I had a really wild and amazing childhood. And she just taught us so much about loving all people of all kinds and all species. 
Uh, I'm just so grateful to have grown up in that environment and in that home. Uh, and she also was the do anything, be anything type of woman. She she had a saying, you know, if man could build it, I could fix it. And she did. You know, one of my favorite stories was a friend of hers came to pick her up uh, to take her somewhere. And she was underneath the car uh, in full dress, you know, heels and a skirt. And she was changing the oil on the car because she needed to change the oil before uh, before they left. And so she had the car up on a lift and she was changing the oil and she would roll out from underneath and drop the car. And that was my mom. <laughs> she was, she was incredible. So thanks mom. Yeah. Anyway, so to all the moms out there, thank you for, for being there and, uh, for being strong for us and, uh, being there for us to talk to and, um, inspiring us and teaching us and guiding us. Even if you're not around, uh, we still can learn. So, still to come on Tate Talks, how to reduce oxidative stress. What even is oxidative stress? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> Harmonizing the gut and this week's recipe. Stay with us right here on Tate Talks. and wellness conversation from A to Z. This is Tate Talks on iHub Radio with Jason Tate. Jason Tate here live on Tate Talks out of Palm Springs, California. Thank you so much for listening on this very special Mother's Day. Uh, I want to tell you how you can follow me and how you can ask questions. If you want me to cover certain topics on the show, you can find me on Facebook under Jason Tate. That's T-A-T-E. You can also find me on Instagram. Uh, and my Instagram is tatetalks.radio. So uh, I post pictures uh, on there and topics on the show and recipes sometimes. It's a great way to stay in touch and stay in tuned with Tate Talks. So this week on What Moves You, I want to talk about motivation linked to reward. With this time of quarantine and social isolation and distancing, and if you are living alone especially, gosh, it's hard. <laughs> I'm not living alone, and it's hard uh, to get that motivation to get up and move. And it's getting really hot here in the desert now. Uh, and so I, I do prefer to work out outside versus in the house. And um, it's tough. It's really tough. <laughs> so I was just sharing with someone the other day about linking uh, a reward to your whatever it is. You know, it could be a, an eating goal. It could be an exercise goal. But really to kind of attach it to something. So let's say uh, every morning you like to um, you know, re, uh, watch a movie, which 
I don't know. Maybe you're stuck at home now. Maybe you watch movies every morning. Maybe your first thing you do is you watch a movie when you get up in the morning. Um, instead of doing that, <laughs> go for a walk and set yourself up for success on this one. Um, if you're if you're a runner, then go for a run. But uh, if you're if you're not into running, everyone can go for a walk or do a, a yoga or something. Do some kind of a morning workout, and your reward can then be your morning movie if that's your thing. Um, it's also really good to not eat when you first wake up in the morning, but start drinking water. Um, it's really important, and and I'll have to do more on intermittent fasting on the show. I, I've done it in the past, but I need to bring it up again. But it's so important for you when you first wake up to just start with water. Uh, you probably should have two or three glasses of water in the morning before you eat anything. And and you might be thinking, oh my gosh, I'd be awake for two or three hours before I ate then. Okay, great. You're not going to die. <laughs> it's okay. We call that intermittent fasting. Um, and I do it every day for anywhere from 12 to 14 hours where I don't eat. Uh, and of course, I count my sleeping hours. But um, yeah, so start your day with water, do a nice little walk and then, uh, you know, your morning chill routine, if that's what you do. Or, uh, if you're getting up and going to work every day, then maybe in the evenings when you come home from work, you can, uh, before you sit down and watch your favorite shows or, uh, play a video game or whatever it is that you do, that's kind of your evening chill routine, re- um, set up a system where you're like, all right, I got to get my workout in even a small one, but it helps to develop that pattern. It helps to develop that habit. And that's what a smart goal is smart standing for specific, measurable action oriented or attainable, relevant and timely. So let's say it is a situation where you are, um, coming home from work and, and when you come home from work, you like to relax and you know have something to drink and watch your favorite show. Before you do that, before you sit down and, and do that, set up a routine, a specific and measurable routine. Let's say it's just a walk around your neighborhood. Let's just start with that. Um, it could be whatever you design it to be, but let's just say it's a walk. So, all right, before you sit down to watch your favorite show, you commit every day to going on a walk around the neighborhood. And it might take you 15 or 20 minutes. You have the time. We all have the time. So you commit to that little walk. You come back. You watch your show. You do your thing. You do this 20 times in a row. 20 is really kind of a magic number when it comes to setting up habits, good or bad. You do this 20 times in a row, and now you can start expanding on that. Maybe your walk can be a little bit longer, or maybe your walk, you can add to that a little exercise routine at the end, some push-ups and sit-ups, depending on your fitness level. Uh, Maybe you can start jogging, but you've already carved out the space and you've carved out the routine. The idea is to just start off really simple, something that is measurable, something that is an action-oriented thing. Uh, It's relevant to what you're doing. It's relevant to your, uh, to being, and timely as well. So ascribe a time to it. Um, If a walk around the neighborhood isn't feasible, then commit to a 20 minute walk or a 10 or 15 minute walk, something that you can assign a time to something that you can, um, 
set up as your smart goal. So when you do this, you're setting up this great little habit and you're able to, um, for, you know, not force, but you're able to work your way through and do something special for yourself. And then, like I said, you can expand on that habit. Still in this hour, here's to your health, the recipe of the week and how to improve the health of your gut. Stay with me here on Tate Talks. If it's good for your mind and body, it's part of the discussion on Tate Talks. From iHub Radio, here's Jason Tate. Jason Tate here, live in the studios out of Palm Springs, California. Thank you so much for joining me here on my show. I have a great hour lined up for you right now. Uh, I talk about movement, nutrition, mindfulness. I talk about wellness. We talk about here on the show how to really uh, get to the optimal health that your body can be at so that you can fight off anything, including coronavirus, if that's the case. Uh, although, you know, that I, I'm not going to say listening to my show will prevent you from getting it or, you know, being harmed from it, but it definitely wouldn't hurt to, uh, get to an optimal health and so that your body has the best fighting chance, no matter what virus you come into contact with or what bacteria. Uh, there are some things that are out of our control and there are some things that are within our control. And one of those is what you put in your mouth. Uh, what you eat every day is within your control. Uh, and so it's so important that not only that the knowledge is there, but also that you have the understanding as to why and how. And there's a lot of science. I would have to, well, I do a lot of shows, but I would have to spread this out in a series over dozens of shows. This is the 23rd Tate Talks, by the way, and I have a special commemoration a little bit later in the next hour uh, about the number 23 and how important that number is to me and my significance. So uh, with that being said, I'll, I'll jump right back into we control our health in many different ways. What we eat, what we breathe, what we drink, and what we think. These are all things that contribute to our total health that are within our control. So one of the things that is synonymous, and this is undisputed, this is not argued uh, across medical or health communities, is the balancing of inflammation within the body. Inflammation throughout the body, chronic inflammation leads to chronic disease. Hands down, period, no argument, uh, and that's how that works. So as part of maintaining the balance of inflammation, there's a lot of different ways to do this. One of them is looking at your fat content. And there's different types of fats. There's omega-6, there's omega-9, there's omega-3. 
the two you really do want to try and stay away from omega nines if at all possible. But the two the central fatty acids that we get are omega six and omega three, and they come from different uh, food sources, animal and plant sources. And it's showing now the studies show that the ratio as part of maintaining the balance of inflammation in the body, the ratio that you should have of omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acids should be a one-to-one or a two-to-one ratio. Many people, I've seen it as high as nine or 12 to one uh, of omega-6 to omega-3, and that is just, that is a... mm, fairly typical standard American diet that's a highly processed food diet. These omega-6 fatty acids are in a lot of processed foods. And so they're just extremely harmful to not only inflammation, but your immune system uh, throughout the body as well. So you really want to bring that number down to a one-to-one or a two-to-one ratio. And I'll have to dedicate an entire show uh, to just those omega fatty acids and the food sources that they come from um, and how to evaluate where you're getting that. But just understand, omega-6 fatty acids, these are your crackers and cookies and packaged processed foods. Um, this is the basically the scientific rationale behind uh, limit your processed foods, eat the foods that come from nature, uh, and you will automatically be healthier. So this is the science behind that. In conjunction with avoiding foods that provoke inflammation throughout the body, it's also equally beneficial to eat foods that have an anti-inflammatory effect inside the body as well. Uh, These foods are plant-based foods, such as fruits and vegetables, legumes uh, like beans, which contain phytonutrients that have an anti-inflammatory effect, such as polyphenols and flavonoids. And I know I'm throwing a bunch of... uh, Uh, vocab and terminology at you out there. So you'll have to look some of these up. um, And I will cover polyphenols and flavonoids on a future show for sure. By the way, the recipe that I have for you today is an anti-inflammatory diet. Uh, It is an oxidative stress reducing uh, high antioxidant uh, meal as well. And it's one that we have at my house every week. Uh, or some variation of it. And so stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this recipe. It's so, so delicious. And in the spirit of uh, adding plant-based anti-inflammatory foods, this sometimes will even offset the inflammation of some of these other foods that you're eating. So it is, you know, it is about a balance. So if you're eating a lot of omega-6 foods, if you're eating a box of crackers, but then you also eat a giant salad, for dinner and you have some healthy oils on the salad and you're eating a lot of vegetables, it does kind of offset that. So if you're thinking, wow, I I don't think I can give up crackers. Okay. Don't give up crackers. Well, first of all, don't eat the whole box. (laughs) Secondly, you know, ration yourself, uh, but then balance it out. And this is one of the few times in life where you can actually balance, uh, with some good things. I have said many times, however, You cannot out-exercise a poor diet. That's where the balancing doesn't necessarily work. If you're eating poor foods, if you're eating crackers and cookies and chips and cakes and things all day, but then you go to the gym and you work out for an hour, mm, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) You can't run off the bad effect of having high levels of inflammation 
and oxidizing foods inside your body. You're still elevating your risk of heart disease. You're still elevating your risk of cancers throughout the body because of your diet. You cannot out-exercise a bad diet, but you can um, balance out part of that bad diet by eating a lot of good, healthy foods. So this is a situation where it does work uh, in your favor that way. One of the initial aspects of uh, a viral infection if you do get a virus, is what they call a cytokine storm, uh, an abundance of oxidative stress that can produce free radicals inside the body, uh, such as reactive oxygen and nitrogen species. These free radicals inside your body, uh, because you're fighting off this cytokine storm, you're fighting off a disease or something, um, will just run wreak havoc inside the body. And so one of the ways that you can start to think about reducing this oxidative stress inside the body is start thinking about how you prepare your food. Grilling your food, frying your food, and broiling your food are ways that you actually add harmful toxins to the food and those toxins create a situation of oxidative stress inside the body. And your body uh, inflammation rises when you eat grilled food, when you eat fried foods and broiled foods, and it creates a uh, immune suppressed compromised position for yourself. And this is definitely not the time to be immunocompromised. The healthier ways of cooking your food, you can boil your food in water uh, and steam your food. These are two really healthy ways to cook your food. Uh, and I know you're thinking, well, I'm not going to boil a hamburger. You're right. <laughs> you probably shouldn't boil a hamburger and you shouldn't steam one either. Um, and microwaves, not a big fan of those. In fact, that was one of the first things we took out of our kitchen when we moved into our house was we removed the microwave because uh, if it's there, you're going to use it. And so we learned several years ago in my family that you don't need it. Uh, you really don't. I mean, it's convenient. It's nice, um, but it's not safe necessarily, and it's not a great way to warm up or even cook your foods. Uh, there's this really cool thing called a stove and a stovetop with this, and you can put skillets on there, and you can have flame, uh, you can have electric heat, you can have gas heat, and you can cook all your foods. You can even heat up water for tea or make coffee there. There's all kinds of ways to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I'm kind of joking with you, around, but I'm serious. Try to limit your use of the microwave and think about it. Any foods that go into a microwave to cook for dinner, um, those aren't the healthiest foods on earth. Uh, they're usually kind of in the lower tier. So keep that in mind as well. Uh, but you can use your stovetop. You can reheat foods even on your stovetop. So I highly encourage you to try and limit your use of the microwave. Grilling, another thing. Um, when you grill foods and you're outside, and I know it's fun. I grew up, I, I used to eat steaks and burgers and hot dogs and things like that as a kid. And I've been there. And even the smell of a grill sometimes still elicits that childhood like, hmm, in me. But when, when I go back into the knowledge of what is actually happening to the foods that are on the grill by the charcoal and the toxic chemicals and things that are being seared into the food, you couldn't breathe that gas. You couldn't breathe what's coming off the grill. Uh, 
no matter even if it was brought down to a temperature that was safe to breathe. Uh, the, the actual chemicals that are coming off of that, they're not safe to breathe. You couldn't eat any of those briquettes. You can drink water. You can boil water to make your pasta or you can boil water to steam your vegetables. But And you can drink that water. But you can't eat a charcoal briquette and be healthy from that. So be thinking about what you're actually cooking into your foods. Oh, but I like the taste of it. Okay, great. I like the taste of certain things too that aren't good for me. We all do. Uh, that's I'm not arguing with you and saying that it doesn't taste good. I'm just saying that it's not healthy to prepare your foods this way. Eating foods that are prepared this way, eating packaged processed foods that are high in omega-6, these foods are creating oxidative stress inside the body and they are creating a situation where your immune system is being compromised. So I'm just letting you know uh, the why and the how and things like that. Second thing to include is, uh, so getting into the add phase, you want to include antioxidant-rich, nutrient-dense foods in the, di in the diet daily. And these are coming from your plant foods, okay? They may be a helpful measure. They can crowd out nutrition depletion. They can fix the oxidative injuries that are occurring inside the body. Antioxidants are vitamins or phytonutrients that are water-soluble, like vitamin C. They're fat-soluble, like carotenoids and tocopherols and toco tocotrienols. Uh, they're found in nature. And some of the categories that are really high in antioxidant foods, these are your spices and herbs. These are your nuts and seeds. Chocolate is really high in antioxidant. And of course, all the vegetables. Okay, specifically, highest foods on antioxidant content were spices like ground cloves and dried oregano and ground ginger, ground cinnamon, turmeric powder, walnuts, dried basil, and ground mustard seed. <clears throat> Additionally, red wine and brewed coffee are among the top 50 as well. So these are some things that you can be adding to your diet to add some antioxidant-rich foods that will help you go a long way to fight off the aging effects and also the cancerous effects as well. Coming up next, the recipe you've been waiting for. Get your pen and paper ready you're not going to want to miss this. inspiring you with the tools and knowledge to make the necessary changes to live life optimally. This is Tate Talks on iHub Radio. This is Tate Talks and I am Jason Tate. Thank you for joining me here on this beautiful Sunday. Uh, it's I'm broadcasting live out of uh, Palm Springs, California, and it's time for the recipe of the week on Here's to Your Health. Uh, something that my family has been doing, and we kind of started doing this even before I gave the recommendation in last week's show about 
having a routine with your family. This is something that is really important for teenagers and adolescents who are stuck at home, families that are kind of stuck at home together during the social distancing and the quarantine, is to have nights during the week where you have a certain uh, set of routines of what to eat. This helps whoever's preparing for the meals uh, to know what they're going to make because sometimes it's kind of a struggle. And this also provides something for people to look forward to. Um, So almost every night of the week, my family has a, uh, we have a meal that we have for that night of the week. So today uh, is Sunday and Sunday is the day that we do some kind of a cultural food uh, entire meal. Um, So we've done Indian food and we've done Thai and like uh, Southeast Asian foods. I think uh, what's coming up next is Mediterranean style Uh, And so we usually try recipes that we haven't tried before, some variation on that. Uh, And then, of course, being plant-based, my entire family and vegan, we really have to modify sometimes if we're going to do like African foods or uh, foods from South America, which have a lot more meat um, type of of options in them. But, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can substitute and modify. So that's Sundays. Uh, Mondays are our big salad night, uh, which I could do every night. But Mondays we have a nice big dinner salad. Tuesdays we do Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Had so much fun. And last week's Taco Tuesday on Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, uh, made a big bowl of my my famous guacamole. Wednesdays are Buddha bowl days. And so I'm going to be sharing with you how to make a Buddha bowl. Uh, With the thing with the Buddha bowl, there's five main components in the Buddha bowl. Number one, you got your protein. Uh, A vegan Buddha bowl, we use black beans, we use chickpeas, uh, which is uh, garbanzo beans. Uh, We also like to use kidney beans. And recently, we've been using adzuki beans, which I like them. I really like the adzuki bean. Uh, And there's different ways to prepare your beans. Uh, We have an instant pot. Uh, which is a great way to take dried beans and have them ready uh, in a, without having to soak them overnight and do all that. Uh, if you're stuck, if you're in a pinch, beans from a can work too. So you have your grain or your starch, such as brown rice, quinoa, or sweet potato. Uh, most of our Buddha bowls have sweet potato. However, last week we did butternut squash, um, which was our starchy vegetable, uh, and it was pretty good, actually. (laughs) You have your vegetables, such as your greens, your onions, and your peppers. We usually do this on a bed of greens or lettuce. And your superfoods, this is optional, number four, superfoods, but we like to include, it's really important to get some probiotic-rich foods. Uh, We like to include kimchi into ours, which is a Korean um, cabbage that's been fermented. So it has a probiotic bacterial component to it that helps to improve the health of your gut. Nutrient-rich seaweed. um, Avocado is another superfood. We always have avocado on our Buddha bowls and it just tastes so yummy. And then some kind of a sauce. Um, The recipe that I'm gonna be sharing with you today is a type of a tahini sauce which um, you'll find this recipe, by the way, 
on one of our favorite, my family's favorite uh, websites is minimalistbaker.com. And this particular recipe is for a black bean Buddha bowl with gingery lemon tahini sauce. So good. Love this sauce, by the way. So you take a cup of uh, dry black beans, a cup of uncooked brown rice. If you're not into rice, you can do quinoa uh, as your grain. And then you do a bunch of kale or chopped um well, this, this recipe calls for kale, but you can use other greens as well. Uh, and then the sauce, the gingery lemon tahini sauce, has its own recipe. And it's really actually quick once you put it all together. The total prep time to set up for this is about 10 minutes. The cook time on the recipe, they're saying an hour and 20 or minutes or so. Once you're in the pattern, the habit of making these Buddha bowls, uh, you can make Buddha bowls for your whole family within an hour, uh, maybe less. So, And you might be thinking, oh my gosh, that's a long time to prepare for a meal. Think about it. What's the most important thing you put in your body? <laughs> your food. <laughs> You've got to prioritize that. And when you're making food at home and when you're taking care of yourself and your family, it's kind of okay to spend some time doing that. Um, make it a priority. And here's another thing. If it, if you are in the kitchen for an hour and that's not even a long time, honestly, uh, when my family, my wife and daughter made the Indian food dinner where we, and all those recipes, by the way, we also got from minimalist baker. Uh, they were in the kitchen for four hours preparing for this Indian feast that we had. And it was so good, by the way. Um, they're in the kitchen for four hours. So if you are in the kitchen for an hour, and, and four hours is not feasible every night. On Sundays, you know, when it's our cultural food day, it's it's one thing. But every night, no, that's not that's not feasible. Monday night, salad night, psh, 10 minutes. Boom, 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 ready. So if you are in the kitchen for an hour preparing food, consider that a great time also for you to get some lunges or some squats in or, you know, some neck rolls uh, maybe some stretches so that you can stay limber. Consider this an opportunity and time for you to get some movement in your body as well. So you can kind of blend your cooking and your prep time with your exercise time, which is another great way to get some movement and some exercise in for the day. So keep that in mind as you are preparing foods for your family and for yourself so that you can nourish your mind, your body, and your soul. Coming up in the next hour, how to naturally boost your immune system. I also have this week's meditation and more. Stay with me right here on Tate Talks. Mm -hmm. 